they're at the door. And he's like, oh, but can I get something to eat? And she's like, we just ate. This man apparently doesn't leave himself a plate while he's already in the kitchen. He's like, oh, but I didn't eat. So she lets him in. And Rami, we know how you would have handled this situation. Legs up. Time to eat. Like a BB moment, which is like a beautiful black moment. Did we get any of those in this episode? Black. We have a chaotic five moment of the chaotic five moment. And you're watching Black by Reality. Black by Baddie. And those who love us. Hello, you're watching Black by Reality, a place for Black by Baddies and those who love us. We're back to talk about the finale episode of And Just Like That, season two. I'll be joined by my usual co-host, um, Arami Day. But before that, we also have a guest w- with us. Now, I know you guys are probably either happy or sad that the season's ending, but I wanted to let you guys know I'm going to do another look back at the season um, as a whole with YouTuber, video essayist, and writer Princess Weeks. So please be on the lookout look out for that. Um, like if you're liking what you're seeing or hearing, comment any thoughts you have Uh, about the episode or what we said and subscribe we heard that and just like that is coming back for season three i'll be back i have no clue if rami day will be but we'll talk about that soon now to to have my co-host rami day join us and also we have a Weta Tinsley here, a writer, strategist, and pop culture enthusiast. Their pronouns are they, she. So, hello, you guys. Hello. Hi. Now, I always ask how, how, the big thoughts, how are we feeling about this episode? Go for it, (laughs) Quita. I was underwhelmed just a little I was like this is the finale I don't know I guess yeah I was a little overwhelmed with the finale for this season how did y'all feel about it I thought everyone looked really pretty mm-hmm. I was I thought this could have been like the ending like I'm like this could have ended everything it, it mm-hmm. tied everything up in a very neat bow and I was like okay I don't know why we need season three I guess I'll be watching it <laughs> But I don't know why we need it after this episode. Hmm. I actually really liked it. Um, I, yeah, I thought everyone looked great. Um, I liked how we wrapped up the stories. Um, we get a taste of, like, what Miranda's romance life will be like in the future. But I need a third season just to actually watch it play out. <laughs> So that's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, I I'm excited to dive in. This episode starts. Samantha has called Carrie. We see her in everything. She's in a car on the phone, and she lets her know she was trying to surprise her at this last supper, but how the planes be acting, she was not able to make it. So she asked Carrie. 
put me on speaker. I'm going to talk to this apartment. And she says, thank you for everything. You fucking fabulous, fabulous flat. Apparently, Samantha partially has a British accent now. Now, we knew that this appearance was coming. What did we think? I didn't expect it to be so soon in the episode, so I, like, wasn't ready for it. I was, like, just getting my coffee and kind of, like, easing into my morning. I was like, wait, wait. That's, like, rewind it. Um, I was so excited to see Kim. I thought she looked absolutely fabulous, and, like, I love, like, the Fendi bag that she had in her lap. And I was glad to actually see her. I don't know why I thought it would just be, like, some, like, really weird FaceTime situation that we were going to be forced to endure. But it was, like, I felt like, oh, I like this, but then, like, the accent kind of threw me off a little bit, and I was like, I don't really like that. I was glad to see her. I don't know if it was necessary, but I'm I'm glad that Kim took pity on us when she didn't want to. So, I guess I'll just be grateful for the whole thing. Right. It definitely felt like she was doing it for the fans. Like, here you go. Here's Samantha one time for the last time. I also was surprised about how quickly it wasn't. I, in my head, assumed it would be at the end. And then I was like, oh, whoa, Samantha's here right now. Um, Yeah, I think in my head, I think I had thought it would be closer to the end. I think think a part of the reason why I was underwhelmed is I think I thought there would be like much more of like a cliffhanger at the end, but the story was wrapped up so well, it it definitely felt like, this is the end of and just like that. I was like, wait, so where do we go from here? <laughs> like everything's yeah. so neat. Yeah, I wasn't surprised it was at the top because like we know Carrie or not even Carrie, but Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Control Kim Cottrell are not getting along. So I think I think having a huge build up to the Samantha knowing that they're not even cool like that and like Samantha's not going to be in this show like that I feel like it's it's here damn here damn <laughs> yes very much very much here damn but I'll take you I guess <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear a British accent either like she said flat and like Carrie said it but I was like I just I, it felt like an American saying flat to me, but okay. <laughs> um, all right, next. As we know from last episode, Charlotte got out. She turned up, left her phone in a picture of Margarita, and Harry wakes her up. She's still in the same outfit and makeup from last night. He says, Anthony is here to talk about losing his ass virginity. And Harry tries to get Buck wild, saying, I can't do it all. And Charlotte's like, first of all, you haven't been doing it all with your little breakfast and whatnot. She says, shut up. And, he, and Harry, once again, was like, you right, you right, you right. So uh, what do we think of that scene? <laughs> I, I love the way I live that for Harry and Charlotte. Like, they've, like, made it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was just, I also love that these opportunities that Charlotte is just, like, getting Harry together. Like, I have been a stay-at-home wife and mother for all these years. You are now helping with the child rearing and maintaining this house, and mm-hmm. you are not dying. You are fine, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I love that Harry's receptive, right? Because most times when we see this in, like, television shows, it, like, plays on a trope of there being, like, no, this is your work. 
And so I love that Harry's like, damn, you're right. I'm sorry. Let me go deal with this. I'm going to to go somewhere else with this. Uh, next, Miranda visits Steve's uh, new business in Coney Island. She made the trek. And basically, she tells him, I don't want to just be someone in your past. I love to be someone in your present and future. And Steve says he doesn't want anything more than friends. And she's like, that's smart. Um, basically, Brady also sees them from afar and smiles, which is honestly the amount of kid kids I want in the show is exactly that. <laughs> this is it. Like, that's all I want. I want Rock and Lily to be, like, confused about why their mother hasn't packed their lunchbox. And I want to know, like, to see Brady off in the distance. I don't want to know anything else about these children. Like, nothing. And I appreciated this sort of come-to-Jesus moment that Brady, Lord, Steve and Miranda are having because they always were decent friends. Like, they Mm -hmm. haven't been having sex in decades. Like, there was never any of that. They could have always come to this point. It it never had to go to the point where it needed to be. And like she said, you were right about us moving to Brooklyn when you said you were right about us being good co-parents. They should have never, if you go back and watch Sex in the City, when she put this man out of her house for watching Scooby-Doo when she was trying to do a law brief, they should have never been any more than co-parents and friends. So I appreciated this full circle moment because I do appreciate seeing, seeing Steve, just like I appreciate seeing Harry. Like, I think he's absolutely hilarious. And like you said, Quita, what's interesting um, with LTW's husband is he's always confused and befuddled and he needs to be got together, just like Charlotte getting uh, Harry together real quick. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that little Coney Island moment. And that's the only thing that Carrie told Miranda that made sense all season. Like, you don't have to, like, eliminate Steve from your life. She could have been eliminated Che from her life, but she didn't have to eliminate Steve from her life. I have been watching Sex in the City recently. I started restarted it. Um, yeah, and it's like they were never a good long-term romantic partnership match because Miranda clearly wanted a partner who was more ambitious. Like Steve is just a chill guy who liked working at the bar. He then owned the bar and he's like, I can do this for the rest of my life. And Miranda is clearly a very ambitious person who in her fifties is restarting a new career, right? Like they are very different. Um, if they, I mean, I did love, though, that in that moment where she said, you were wrong about us, and he said, I wasn't, because I think there is beauty in recognizing that they did try, right, and they had this beautiful relationship. It might not have been the one that Miranda wanted, but it was beautiful, right? Right. I, I'm always, and this is probably bad, but like, or maybe it's the screenwriter in me, but I'm always so aware of the writers. And, like, why they're saying or putting words in the mouths of these characters for a reason. I actually forgot. In the last season, our last scene, Charlotte actually talked about expectations. Mm -hmm. And really talked about Harry having, like, um, taking on the expectations that are put on mothers or women. Um, And I think the theme of this whole episode is, like, subvert your expectations like I know y'all dragged us for filth in the first season of this show but like please trust us it's not going to be the same show but just just lower the expectations or change the expectations and that also 
when they were when Miranda and Steve were talking and Steve says um no I was right about us I also was thinking a writer put that in because there's always going to be people who are just team Steve and like there's I think it makes sense that Miranda is queer now um and it it doesn't to me lessen um, what she had with Steve, but then again, I'm bisexual, so I would have that perspective. But I, I think a lot of straight ladies are going to be like really upset, and that was like to them. I wasn't upset. <laughs> I just like, like I wasn't upset. I, they just from the moment he showed her that corduroy suit in season was it season one of Sex and the City, oh baby. Um. Jean brings Naya some good news. She got accepted into the American Law Institute. Um, but when she comes home to Miranda, she admits, yeah, I have this, like, great life that I wanted, but I ain't got a man to share it with. And, like, she looked a little embarrassed for admitting that. She also was kind of embarrassed that her first instinct with the good news was to call her ex-husband. So... This, I mean, part of me was just like, ugh, why are you being like, I don't have a man to share with, girl. Like, you're amazing. Um, but a part of, I mean, I was like, granted, a lot of people do feel that way, right? Like, feeling like they're, they should be married. They should have a partner to share all of this with. But I think also a part of it when she names that she wanted to call him is like the, like the part of grief, of like grieving a relationship, a breakup, a divorce, and recognizing that she did think she was going to spend the rest of her life with this man that she had been with for so long. And ultimately they broke up over something, you know, it's like over time they started to realize their differences around wanting to have kids. Right. And it led to their, the ending of their relationship, which I don't think either one of them ever foresaw. And so she's achieving all these beautiful things in her career and she doesn't have this person that she expected to share it with. Um, and also simultaneously, she's watching him have these things that he's wanted and it's with someone else, right? And, you know, I think the hard part around having relationships and them not, not going the way that you expected, but also I'm just like, girl, you're amazing and you don't need a man to share it with. Like, um, you have friends, you have others that you can share all of this beauty with. I agree with Quaida. Like, I immediately wanted to vomit a little bit. Like, the feminist in me wanted to die a little bit. Like, ugh, why would you say that? But I do recognize that people really want romantic love and they want those ties. And like you said, Quita, the grief that that Naya is feeling because she spent so much half of her life almost with Andre Rashad, even though he's a complete douchebag of a human being. Um, for what I can, for what I can see, so I get that, but I also appreciated Miranda being like, "Okay, this is a cute uh, pity party, but you're gonna put on your good bra, and we're going up to carry." Yeah, I think I think Naya at the end of the day is very much a, a girlfriend relationship girly, since I think Andre again was like only the second person she's ever been with and just stayed with him for so long, so it's a huge adjustment. Not not surprising. So, finally, the soiree starts. Um, I loved Carrie's dress. I loved the sleeves. Uh, it was just, it was so fun. I loved LTW's dress. Like, the red, I thought it was so beautiful with 
her like honey blonde bob and even the contrast of the dinner placement with that new wallpaper Carrie has I just thought because at work me and my coworkers were having this debate like oh like this table won't be able to fit in her apartment like it will if they move the bed like it'll all fit so I just loved it like I loved being back in that space it's just such an iconic space and I thought it was so beautifully done and I loved her being real like oh we're actually using Lisette's uh old apartment because girl I don't even know if this still works <laughs> so I really appreciated the sort of beauty of this like brownstone that you're walking up and down the stairs I just loved it it was such a beautiful goodbye to this like space that we've been in for 25 years the biggest thing that stood out to me was the transformation of the space of like Carrie's apartment that we have been in for all this time and um I, you know when Aiden was having fear and anxiety about going up to the apartment and she's like it's different like it's not the same and I think in this moment in this episode you're like whoa like this apartment is very different than when this series first started of Sex in the City right and like how time does change so much especially in the place and honestly look looking I was like noticing um Charlotte and Harry's place right and that's the same place that I, I believe that she ha had with Trey right and it looks completely different um and like all this time has passed and we think of these places as anchors and homes but they too transform with us and change with us as time goes on it was so beautiful I think that paired with Samantha saying goodbye and like Charlotte walking in and being like you remember when we used to eat cold sesame noodles out of a cardboard box right like I think it was just so beautiful to see how much the physical space also had transformed as they also got older and transformed. I think we're still going to see this place in season three, given Lisette's in there. I think they really hinted hard of where Lisette's going to go in season three, but we'll talk about that. So Charlotte, what a starter for LTW tonight. She goes up to LTW and she's like, oh, you're drinking. And Herbert says, we lost it. And LTW says, I miscarried. Oh my gosh. I, it's, it's still shocking that this even happened this season. It's so shocking that no one wanted to talk about abortions when it would have been the most obvious choice. Mm -hmm. Like, I I was there when Charlotte was like, oh, you're drinking, which is something Charlotte would say before she caught herself, I think. But maybe also not, because Charlotte is very much about decorum. I don't know. Exactly. She walks a fine line between, like, decorum. So that worked. But then for Herbert to interject, like, I wanted to punch him in the face, which I wanted to punch him in the face the majority of the season. Um, and I just felt so bad for LCW because... I think for me, you know, when my friends have told me about their pregnancies, whether they decide to go through them or not, like, I'm always concerned about them. And it's just nothing that I would ever talk about in this environment. Like, if I noticed a friend that was drinking, I knew that they were pregnant or had been pregnant. I would never discuss that in that moment. That's just not mm -hmm. appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? It was just immediately, she's just trying to have a good night and show up for Carrie. And then she's dealing with this again. And I just hated it. Yeah. It read to me that Charlotte was literally just overexcited. Like, I think she got, like, swept up. And I can just see her getting swept up. Um, to be fair, men totally grieve as well. 
or partners who weren't pregnant grieve as well when there is um, a pregnancy loss that they were looking forward to. I think just like everything that has already happened with Herbert this season and the fact that he's the first to say it instead of just waiting to it. maybe LTW didn't want to go into it you know and like it, it's just uh, I, I hated that he jumped in and said we lost it like that I mean I really agree with you around the day around like there should have been an abortion storyline like I don't know why it wasn't it's like it could have been so easily um cause, and I'm not trying to discount that like both abortion and miscarriage are very real things that happen to people who experience pregnancies, right? But I think this show could have used the storyline as an opportunity to show that, especially in this political climate, I think it's like, say the word abortion. And also it would have made much more sense that a mother of like two or three who was working later in life does not want to start over with a newborn right especially when she has such a big project and to be honest she is married to a man who is not adequately showing up like as the parent with her and she's largely taking on the brunt of child rearing and managing the household so it just would have made more sense um for it to be an abortion storyline and I I agree with you Nicole it just seems like a classic Charlotte moment where she's so excited she's like wait you're drinking like oh my god and then she's like oh was I not supposed to know like Herbert's and then it's like and I think Herbert as LTW's partner in that moment should have like read the room of like turning to her to let her address her friend about this very intimate sensitive topic that he as her husband should know how sensitive it is for her and he's just like oh we lost it it's like and I'm sure she doesn't want to get into all of this at the top of a dinner party yeah let's just go through LTW's version of the night right so she actually says, I don't want to go into it. So she's trying to have like a stiff upper lip. But later on, Carrie shows her new cat shoe <laughs> to everyone. And she's like, my baby, my baby. And LTW was like, well, uh, that's my cue to like leave and go to the bathroom. Herbert follows. And we get a scene of LTW vocalizing guilt of not wanting the baby and therefore, is the marriage carriage like a punishment or like a result of that? And I'm just, this, I've seen it before. I've literally, I feel like I've seen this scene before where a character gets an unexpected pregnancy, actually a pregnancy they don't want. They're like, actually, I'm not comfortable with abortion. And instead, they conveniently, for, for the writers to conveniently put in, a miscarriage and then was like but then she's gonna feel guilty she's gonna be feeling real guilty that she never wanted it bitch some people can be relieved there's so many different feelings that come and it's I'm I'm over I'm overseeing this woman beaten up by guilt for wanting the life that she wants and also not being able to be active I think another thing to point out is like making it a miscarriage versus an abortion makes her less active as a character. 
and you always want your characters to be active, it's so much more interesting storytelling. I 100% agree with everything that you said. And I think for her, it's just, what is this guilt? Is it guilt that, like, you feel like society has placed on you, that Herbert has placed on you? Because I don't really think it's her guilt that she's holding, which is also, like, another thing that LTW is holding this season, along with her household and her children. And Herbert's, like, running for whatever the fuck, some ridiculous New York position. And it was just so frustrating. I was glad to see that he literally followed her because I didn't, I give him a lot of shit because I don't think he's a great partner, but he did at least like sit with her and like go follow her into the bathroom, like open the door. So that I appreciated. But like you said, Nicole, this is something we continue to see. It's a very old and very tired trope. Um, And it would have been much more empowering for her to be like, you know what? This is not the right time in my life this is not where I want to be. Like, let me go and make a decision about my life, the trajectory of my life for myself. And there's no guilt about it. And it just is what it is. So let's go to the gays. (laughs) So (laughs) Anthony and Giuseppe, they they show up looking great. And then we just can tell there's still shade being thrown between them because they're about to go up the stairs. And Giuseppe looks like, oh, um, do you want to go first or that's too much like you're the lady and shit like that and Anthony's like whatever he starts walking up the stairs and he's like but don't look at my ass um so there's that we knew Anthony had enough anxiety trying to get to talk to Charlotte about it what is Charlotte gonna do I don't know wait Charlotte did have an anal storyline didn't she I feel like there was an episode where they talked about anal and sex in the city but I can't I yes. think she was against it. And there was a guy who wanted to have anal with her, right? Or was yeah. that Miranda? I think it was, I think it was Charlotte and she was uptight. She was like, I don't want to be the butt girl. Like she, I'm trying to get married. Mm. And it's just like, so she's not the girl for Anthony for this advice. <laughs> like they're both, they're both going to be messed up. Um, so yeah, we find out later that Giuseppe is continuing, con- he is considering returning to Rome because New York is impenetrable. <laughs> and later on, when Anthony is talking privately with him, you know, Giuseppe's like, it's not just about bottoming or topping. It's about you don't let me in emotionally. It's still about you're older than me. Um, I'm younger than you. We can't be seen. Like, it's like he's embarrassed and still has a lot of shame about this age gap relationship. So it truly is like, what's the point? I really like this storyline. I was talking to one of my best friends about it. And he was like, you know, in his experience dealing with older men, also like older gay men, like they do feel a lot of shame around things like that. So I appreciate it, A, like Giuseppe kind of sticking up for himself and being like, I'm not about to be your little secret. Like I'm not doing whatever this, like we, but I also think that like, as much as I was like, why is Anthony here in this series? Like they actually gave him a very real storyline and I really appreciate it. Also, I think when we see age gap relationships portrayed, it's often under this like dynamic of the older person 
being more in control of the relationship. And Anthony's actually very aware of how he's normally been in control in relationships and is worried about that dynamic. And also recognizing that Giuseppe's not the one to just let him take control. And Giuseppe's like, no, we're equals in this relationship. We're both in this. Although I was a little annoyed with Giuseppe just like dropping the thing about Rome in the middle of like a conversation with Anthony's friends because I'm just like why would you surprise him along with his friends about this thing and also kind of like weaponize it to be like oh if you don't let me in I'm going back to Italy and I'm like if you're gonna give an ultimatum okay that is what it is but you should actually have that conversation in private with Anthony and not drop it in the middle of conversation with his friends. It was a little petty, bratty, bitchiness. I, I was kind of for it because it's just like, yeah, there has to be drama at this party. But no, realistically, in real life, don't do this. It's bad. But of course, in the heat of the moment, Anthony's like, um, well, I've only loved one person before. And Giuseppe's like, you love me? He's like, yeah, I thought I said that. <laughs> and it's like, He's probably referring to, like, a time he yelled at him about something. Like, I feel like that's Anthony's love language. Of course, these two gays are, like, making out in Carrie's closet. A second time they were poking up at a party. And and what a mess. The episode ends with, um, with Anthony bottoming. And his facial expression, I... I I, it was a roller coaster. I really didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because he. I think it's like very realistic of like someone doing something the first time you're really uneasy, not uneasy, but just very unsure about it. So like I appreciated them not being like, oh, like he's just having so much fun right away. Because like anytime you experience something, whether it's sexual or otherwise, it's kind of like you might be a little bit trepidatious about it. So I was quite humorous. I loved as they're like panning out the you see the little clip of the nightstand and there's like the liquor the multiple lubes because it's like we do know how big Giuseppe is so it's like like let's also be real that like this is like trying something new for the first time but also doing this with a partner who has a large penis and so it's like let's just be real you're gonna need the gun oil you're gonna need the boy but you're gonna need all the different things to loosen up and relax to try to enjoy this experience. Have to do this tonight. We could have started with some plugs, like truly with some fingers, like, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I also, Quita, was looking so closely at like the nightstand and I just, I was like, there's actually so much here. I cannot make of it. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Let's just talk about how Che moves through the night. So Che at the beginning meets Lisette, y'all. And Lisette seems starstruck by Che, which like I know in this world Che is supposed to be like somewhat famous, but I'm kind of over the girlies being starstruck by them. <laughs> I need someone who has no clue who Che is. Um, but yeah, so they bond over having a cocoon stage. It's really cutesy boozy. Um, do we think, what do we think of this pairing if it becomes something? 
so I hope that it doesn't. Like, I truly cannot deal with Che being with any more of Carrie's people. And, like, Lisette is, like, her, like, niece little sister human person um Lisette was sitting there getting so moist for Che and they're just eating it up like they're like they're like living in the way that they do and all I could think about was them like being on what was it cameo or whatever the f in bed with Miranda and that pissing me off so bad um I'm like you guys have to fully redeem Che and we're not there yet like they're not fully redeemed and I don't care about them enough for them to be over here with Lisette um but I'm also interested because Lisette mentioned something about a stain on the ceiling in that apartment so that also put my heckles up that I think there's going to be some type of, I wonder if there's going to be some type of tension between her and Carrie or if she's going to need, I don't know why she would need Che. I don't think Che is capable of helping them with this. I don't know. But there's there's probably some seeds for season three and I don't like it. I definitely was hoping, I'm like, please don't let this be a seed that in season three, we're going to see the two of them together because I don't have time, patience or energy for any of that. Like, And also again, just like, can we please stop like fanning out over I'm tired of it I'm tired of them I'm tired of all and it's like it's just another time for them to be in their ego and I'm like I'm just over it yeah here for Che existing as a character just very much like yeah in the original series we weren't dating in the friend group a lot like this and like I know it is a queer thing to kind of do it but it's like New York's a big city New York's a big city so no um I I expect the spot on the ceiling to be nothing because I just think there was like a lot of weird things about Carrie's apartment. Um, and also, I just remembered freaking um, Lily and Brady, the whole question of whether they did or did not hook up did not even get answered in this. So if they can forget about that, they can forget about the spot on the ceiling. Well, the next thing. So Che, Miranda, <laughs> actually, I'm going to start from Miranda's point of view. So Miranda walks in with Naya, or Robbie Day, we finally see Tucson. Never wanted in my black ass life since we saw Gary Dordan in the first, and I was like, Nicole, Gary, like, I was like obsessed because I think he's so sexy. Like, I've been in love with him since he was in that Jenna Jackson video again from like 94. But anyway, he's so fine. I was like, you don't bring Gary Dordan in. Like, where is, like, I was irritated this whole, like, I, I don't want to see this pregnant white woman. I don't want to care about a baby buggy. I was irritated as F. So when we walk in and he on that chef's coat, I said, Sam Irby, is this you? Are you finally coming through for us this, this season? <laughs> so he he's just so sexy. And, like, the whole dinner party was sexy. And I was like, yes, like, this is, like, this is what I need. Because nobody has been doing it for me this whole season but him. Like, yes. So I was like, this is what I deserve, personally. This is what Naya deserves. And then it was so funny to me because Miranda did not want to go upstairs without Naya because, obviously, you know, she's assuming that Che's going to be up there. And Naya was like, bitch, please get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and she, like, goes up the stairs so she's having this moment. But yeah, it's like my, finally, someone like, this is all I wanted. I just appreciate what, what they've done for me personally. I do. Yes, I was dead. The moment they're having this conversation, walk in the door being like, 
I got your back. You got my back. We're doing this together. This fine ass man walks out and she's like, Naya's like, girl, if you don't take your ass on up to Carrie's apartment and leave me here. <laughs> not you. Damn, like, can we at least pretend for five minutes? Like, not the first 30 seconds after we finish the conversation. But I get it. It is Gary Jordan. So I'm like, I get it. But at the same of it, I think all of this um, anxiety that Miranda has had about her relationship with Che, to me, never made sense. Because it's like, it should have been easier to just kind of, like, move on from Che in a way. I get it. it was they were her first queer experience, but I'm just like a lot of this energy that she was putting into this relationship with Che, I think should have been put into the divorce or breakup with Steve, right? Of like, that is a relationship that you would want to like think about having a friendship or how do you amicably split things versus like obsessing over Che who's like in bed on cameo while you're trying to sleep and have to wake up in a few hours right so miranda walks in of course she is right there yo the energy miranda brought <laughs> she just goes um so we can't get buck wild in this apartment right now but if i could <laughs> she was just like nah, no nah, we're not gonna do all that so she was like look I'm sorry, I'll never do those jokes again. Miranda says they're not jokes. Che maintains, I thought they were jokes. Um, and then Che was like, Miranda said, I thought we were cool. Che was like, I thought so too. So why aren't you answering my calls? First of all, an ex can, can leave you on re read, cannot answer your calls for a second. Like take a break. Like, it's so weird that Shay's trying to act like Miranda threw the first shot in this whole thing. They say you ignored my two calls. Two? Two? You had all of this energy over two phone calls? And it's like, can Miranda have a second? Like, this was a lot. You do recognize that Miranda had been married to a man, had not had any real queer experiences up until then. Like, she's trying to figure things out. And... I'm like, personally, if I were Miranda, I would have came in hot. Like, I'm I'm going to be respectful because this is my friend's party, but I'm coming in roasting, like, immediately. <laughs> like, no, like, you had your little jokes. I'm about to have mine. Like, Lyle, that's all I have to say. You have a whole husband, please. Like, I don't have anything else to say about you to you. Please kiss the blackest part of my ass. I know that Miranda's a white woman, insufferable people, and I hated who Miranda was when she was with them. So glad it's over. Don't ever want to see you again. Peace and chicken grease. Who calls? It was not an emergency. You didn't die. Like, it's so dumb. So at the end, Miranda, I still have such a soft spot for Miranda because, like, I can still so clearly remember, like, my first, like, the first queer partners I had and just like the excitement and like getting swept up and like I think also the Libra and me is like so romantic so like I've I've literally been Miranda before and <laughs> saying what she says I know is so cringe but also I'm like Miranda you're so strong for being so vulnerable because she says Jade called it a train wreck Miranda said but a good train wreck, you know, like, it got you to where you needed to go, no one died, there you go, and then Chase just like, sure, it was a good train wreck, but it's like, 
this was like very life altering to Miranda. I don't think there's any shame of like, yeah, her not looking at it as all bad. But I think, I think the difference between them is that Miranda has a lot of self-esteem actually, because she's like a very accomplished um, woman who's farther into her life. I think Che still has so much shame that they're just like, I gotta make the joke about how bad things are. And actually, like, Miranda seems so weird for trying to, like, make make this seem like there was any good in it. And it's like, lighten up. For them, as, like, a queer person who has been out and aware of themselves for longer, yes, they could have had an experience like that with another person who's having their first queer experience and it's gone very similarly, right? So it wasn't a, an awakening for them but recognizing that it was an awakening for Miranda. And clearly it couldn't have all been bad because they invited Miranda to go to California with them, right? And so when Miranda uses that train or when the train wreck analogy comes up and Miranda, um, it's the it was the only train that could get you where you were going. And that was the thing for her, right? Like this, this happening was probably one of the few things that could have woken her up to how unhappy she was in this marriage with Steve and the change she needed to make within that relationship, right? And like awakening her own queerness. But like, Che, can you just give Miranda some grace and compassion and also give yourself some grace and compassion, right? And like recognize that they are very insecure. Like, and it's still giving that energy that Miranda was so obviously the one dumped, but it's also like Che's acting like it was a dumping after a big fight or a big argument. It was literally a dumping because Che's like, I I can't have a supportive girlfriend right now. Like, let's, let's be real because that's all Miranda was doing. <laughs> and she was like, nope, goodbye. And that's a train wreck. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what's our next pairing? Seema girl. Seema shows up with Ravi, okay, and, you know, Carrie's showing the thrift store painting to Ravi, he's listening, and then he's like, oh, I got a phone call, which the people, like, (laughs) this is, you're acting with some big actors, but just imagine the audition for this was just, can you pretend to be on your phone? Thanks, thanks great (laughs) that's all he does so um Carrie basically is like hey what's going on and Seema's like I'm not putting any energy into this and she's like girl what do you do he just walked out to be on his phone and Seema was like I said I love you to him first and like it this is ridiculous and Carrie's like let's slow down I think you're getting scared so let's just take a breather and I liked the writing of this because she brings it back and she's like you're not a temp I but I also think that Seema's right <laughs> so like I get Carrie trying to be like the good friend just like when she like got got Charlotte down the aisle the first time um when she basically was like okay like you have to go marry Trey now even though you're not fucking or he's weird or whatever like I feel like she went into like that friend mode that she can sometimes do well but Seema's right like this man hasn't paid her no mind all they've done is have like good sex, which is fine. But this is not the fairy tale that Seema wants or deserves. So she's recognizing this and saying, like, 
like I guess he's here but like he's always on his phone like I feel x y and z like I don't understand how she can love him how he loves her do they know anything about each other like what is this I hate it I hate it so bad the man is fine if you want to fuck him fine but this whole like oh we, we want something more beat feet like let's move it along put it a new train some new niggas like this is no it's a, it's a no for me and Sima knows that because she knows herself and she's waited this long because she knows what she deserves no he's not the one right but I think also a part of it is like Seema is aware that something about this relationship is not the right fit for her. But I think the way she does talk about it is like speaking from a lot of insecurities versus being grounded in like, he is not showing up in the way that I want my partner to, right? Because I'm like, he's actually just the same person, right? So it's not like he was acting one way, she fell in love, and now he's acting a different way. He's the same dude who's been preoccupied with his phone since the moment that he stepped into the office building, right? And so I think for me, it's just like, it's, I want her to be more in touch with what she is truly desiring versus keep going into these relationships being like, no, this isn't right, this isn't right. And so it's like, well, what is it that you want? And your question around day of like, what are they? What are they saying they're in love? Like, are they just swept up like around like meeting somebody who's as ambitious as them or they're fine or the sex is good? Like, why? What does she love about him? Like the storytelling is so much telling, not showing. Like it, and that does make me question of who I'm supposed to believe. I am like. It's funny, Romney, because you're like, girl, Carrie is misleading her girl again. I didn't think of that. I was like, oh, this is the writer's perspective on this situation. They think Seema just needs to chill out. This guy's for her and, like, quit being scared. But it's like, yeah, we're not seeing anything good between them. Later on, we find out Robbie got the call that um, he is not going to be able to um, film at the Sphinx. Sphinx? I feel like I'm about to say sphincter. <laughs> Sphinx? Sphinx? Um, <laughs> if he doesn't go right now, he can't, he can't film in front of that sand cat, whatever. And so he's like, yeah, I got to go. And, you know, she's like, you know what? you're leaving immediately after I say I love you you have a and he's like uh I said I love you right back and she's like that's not the point and you and the little tiktokers and he's like look like your insecurity is an insult to what we have but what do they have like I'm so confused like they don't have nothing they don't have nothing and I get like this is his job but that's what he's here to do like things do happen in in entertainment very quickly but like her brain is telling her this is not what I want this is not right but she's still trying to make it into a green flag I'm not saying the man is diabolical and that he's a he devil but I'm saying that is not your nigga like let him go if you don't want to build a foam castle in Yankee Stadium then let him go to Cairo and leave me alone like right because have we even seen them on a date where he's right it's like we've seen them it's been with her friends or with Kate, right? So it's like, what are we seeing? What is this romance that exists in their relationship? Does she know him outside of them being in the bedroom or at dinner with her friends? I did feel like though, with this thing around him going to Cairo, I was just like, this doesn't feel like that big of a deal. Like, 
Anna has the money to go see him on her own terms if she wanted to. You know, it's not this, she's like, I'm not giving up my life and career, but it's like, who asked you to do that? To be fair, Ravi did ask. He was like, why don't you come to Cairo with me? And she's like, bitch, do you see where I live right now? (laughs) You see my bills? Like, what are you talking about? So he did ask, and she was like, nah, I didn't work this hard and have my own business to follow you around in Africa. So I really do think the writers thought that enough romance was giving her a brown man. It was like, here's a brown man, therefore marriage, right? And we're all like, what else? Is is that it? Like... I'm confused but I really do think that has to be part of it because I don't know I don't know how they're think they're selling this so at the end of this they go back to Seema's apartment and yeah they basically agree they're gonna make this work long distance that's that's where we're leaving them for before season three girl I guess (laughs) like I'm glad that um Seema's reaction was, I kept thinking about, like, when the Russian asked Carrie to move with him to Paris, and, like, I loved Seema's reaction, be like, nigga, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> now, the night from Carrie's perspective, you know, Toussaint, he finally starts giving out the plates, yo, yo, I forgot this, but when he was telling them how to eat this goddamn appetizer, and Naya's thirsty ass was like, I licked the spoon after the black one. And he was like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. And then she was like, oh, it exploded in my mouth. Naya, shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. That's what Miranda should have kicked her and be like, you acting real trifling right now. The gays are looking at you like, what is going on? And they be fucking in at parties. You're doing more than them bad when the gays are like get a room because they're literally in the closet about to fuck like Naya calm down girl <laughs> he's fine but calm down <laughs> I'm screaming because I, I loved it <laughs> that was humiliating yes but this I mean if you're gonna just be out here for a heterosexual man then like this is the man to do it for so it was absolutely absurd. But I was moist and she was moist and we was all moist together. So you asking two songs? I would never do this. I would never do this. But it very much gave me like on Bridgerton with the black, whatever the black dupe was licking the spoon. That's what it gave for me. That's what it did for me. I feel like it's what she deserves. It's been yeah. a very, yeah, it's been a very tumultuous season for poor Naya, mostly because she's over there on the morning show and they're not giving her a storyline here, but that's another discussion for another day. Um, it was very ridiculous, but I lived and I may have rewound it and watched it again. <laughs> I'm glad you got something out of this, because, like, I watch every episode twice, and every time, like, the second time it come up, I'm like, oh, like, I have a full body cringe. I just, how she asked, I was like, shut up. <laughs> play it cool so carrie asked everyone uh to go around the table and give one word that they're letting go of so for all the characters we care about che says rules when do you follow any rules che
I'm confused. I'm real confused. Last season, you literally fucked in your boss's kitchen. Anthony says control. Good one as a control freak. Yes. Um, Giuseppe, Rome. There we go. Nice little answer to our question. Robbie says social media. Social media was never the problem. It was never the problem, but okay. Seema says distrust. Or Robbie Day is like, mm. I don't think she's distrustful. I think she just knows who she is. Aya says yesterday, which what happened yesterday? Maybe she really needs answer. Andre Rashad or something. I don't know. But yes, please let Heidi McDougal have her. Have him. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miranda and LTW both say guilt, which love it. Lisette says fear. Sure. She got robbed this, this season, so that's understandable. <laughs> Harry says possessiveness. When was Harry ever possessive? Harry's not a possessive person. Like, he never has been. Maybe he just means, like, like, I don't know. Tra- I don't, he's not even that traditional. I, I, don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. Unless it's a nod to, there was a moment where he was anxious that um, Charlotte's boss was into her, but nothing of that ever materialized. Because in the same, because when he's like, Oh, I think your boss is into you. You're working on these late hours. He's making mm. Charlotte's like, he's not even, from what I've heard, I'm not even his type. He's into blondes. And then they pan to her boss talking to Carrie. And, you know, he's like talking about divorce. And then, you know, they like find their ways into Carrie as talking about her life as a widow. But yeah, I'm just like, I didn't get that. If anything, Herbert's possessive. <laughs> he. I can't. I can't. Wait, did Herbert even say anything? No. So maybe we can let him go in season three. Toodles! (laughs) To me. The one character who needs to reflect, they didn't give a lie to. Right, they say, come back. He says, can you come back to me? And they never come back. And then they never come back. That's how he gets away with everything. That's exactly how he gets away with it. Charlotte says limits. Love that for her. And Carrie says expectations. So the night has ended. Carrie is playing with Shu, the cat, and Aiden throwing a little pebble at his window. Is this a callback? I really don't know. Did he? Use I it? think so. He did this the night, the first time they broke up, or the second. I mean, the first time when she tells him before Charlotte's wedding that they need to. Mm, no, because he comes back to the gate. I think he does this, though, at some point. I okay. think it was when they get back together for the second time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he, like, throws the pebble on the window. I figure. I figured that this was a callback. She lets him up um, to the apartment, and he's like, look, girl, my son is down bad, and I am the primary caretaker, so... I need you to wait for five years of your life. Just pause that for me. And, you know, we'll, we'll be back just like that. And Carrie looks shook. 
I don't know what she expected, honestly, from this conversation, because she already knew. She was like, no luggage. Um, she should already know, like, we're going to have a serious conversation. But she is ditzy sometimes. Um, and she's just like, oh, oh we, we're not going to go back to doing every other week. Bitch, no. What don't you get about this situation? And so she basically lets go of her expectations. She's like, we're going to do this. Five years will be so fast. And the next morning he's in the new place. She was like, none of this. Us and this whole apartment that I have by my goddamn self is not a mistake at all. I'm going to be in this house by myself for five years <laughs> just go and do what you gotta do and so he he leaves so I'm, I appreciated this ending because like no one is wrong and that's always kind of who Aiden has been like he's gonna choose his kid over Carrie and like he's he's not telling her to wait necessarily he's just saying like I'll be back in five years <sighs> I guess this is the only reason they could, the only way they could have tied. They had them in so deep. This is the only way that they could have tied this together and moved Carrie into a new place, literally in her life. So she's like, past this big stage, we've moved past this Aiden stage, and she's like finally getting a fresh start in a way that's not back to her old apartment. Um, what's so interesting is when he like leaves, she's watching him leave, and he just he says right before he leaves, like, what could happen? Why I thought this man was going to get hit by a car. I don't know why I thought he was, but he's like standing on the street before he gets into his Uber. And I just thought that's, I'm like, that maybe it's that Tyler Perry. I've seen too many Tyler Perry movies or something. But I don't know. I appreciated the wrap up, but I'm like, we didn't need all of this either. It was just so re traumatizing, I think, for everyone. No one's getting, even the Aiden people who live for Aiden, I don't think Aiden is her person. I never have thought that. It, it doesn't do anything for the character. He's still a decent guy. Like, he's a good father. But he's I, not... I think we have completely different reads of this. Really? Okay, yeah, because really I thought the discussion was literally, hey, yeah, we're going to be long distance for five years. But you're like, he didn't ask her to wait? And, like, when she's at the end with Seema on the beach, they were talking about, so... I'm waiting five months, you're waiting five years. And she was like, well, I might have time off if I'm for good behavior. I know it's a joke, but it's like, that sounds like we're continuing this con this relationship. I just maybe might, like, visit him in Virginia at times. I, I think for me, I'm like, I see both of y'all's view of it because I think there was such a lack of clarity in the conversation because Aiden doesn't like say like wait for me he just says five years will go by so fast because even when Carrie says I can come see you he's like no because I would just be focused on you right and so it's like so we're supposed to wait five years for your son to get out of his teens you're not coming to New York I'm not coming to Virginia so what is this relationship you know, like, like there is no clarity around what they're going to be doing. And I think I'm like, I, well, I hated it, but I did appreciate it when she was like, none of this was a mistake. Cause it just made me think back to when big was moving to Paris and he's like, you need to be doing this for you. Cause so easily making such a big, like 
action or commitment like that can easily be like, I did this all for you. I think Carrie could have easily gotten mad at Aiden in that moment and like, I gave up my apartment. I bought this place for this relationship with you. But she's just like, you know, none of this was a mistake. Because I'm like, look, she got this big ass apartment because he has kids. She would not have chosen that on her own. Like it was, they, it was their apartment. Like they open up saying our apartment. And he's like, I like the sound of that, our apartment. But I knew he wasn't coming back when he was sitting in that truck at the hospital. Like I knew that when he said, I should have been here. I should have been here. I'm like, oh, Aiden ain't coming back. Cause Aiden, clearly his kids are his world and his priority. This is like saying single fathers can't have relationships. I don't understand how his girlfriend can't visit whenever she wants. And he's like, no, because I'm just going to, like, totally forget that I have this 14-year-old. No, you were staying on the phone with him the minute you got off the plane. So, like, you would only be more involved with her being there physically. Like, this, this don't make no sense. But I'm also trying to figure out what the writers are doing. Because, once again, I can never forget them. So, is... Is the finale of And Just Like That supposed to be Carrie and Aiden? Like, she might go off, have her little exploration, Dillia dances and all that. But aren't we saying in the finale, it's going to be Carrie and Aiden from this scene? I thought that initially, but he says, but what could happen? So I don't think that she's they're waiting for each other because that doesn't make any sense. Like they have no physical contact. They're not like I think they're gonna get see where they are in five years. I think that's what he means. But he says he says to her, and when I thought he was gonna get hit by that damn car, <laughs> he was like, "But what can happen? Everything can happen. You're like if I look at my life five years ago. It's completely different than what my life mm-hmm. looks like right now." So I think it's a, like, we know we love each other. Let's revisit. I think I'm not a parent, so I really try to be sensitive to this. I, like you said, Nicole, think it was ridiculous to be like, no, we can't do this. I was thinking he was going to say, I really need to focus on him for six months. I would love for you to come see me like every other week as you've been doing. I unfortunately can't be coming up here and we'll revisit it. Maybe talk to him getting getting him into some therapies in six months. But again, I don't have a child and obviously Wyatt has some sort of like anxieties and some mental health issues. I don't know what the right protocol is, but it can't be completely self-sacrificing on the parent either. So that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that she's also waiting. I think Seema might be waiting, but five months, which is I still think a ridiculous amount of time to put your life on hold, is not five years. So... I just, I can't possibly, I don't think he's asking her to wait literally for him. I think it's more of like, let's regroup in 2028 is what I'm getting. Uh, viewers, listeners, leave in the comments below what the heck you think <laughs> this whole scene is. Because now I don't know how this season ended. I watched the thing twice and I don't know. So, oh my God. Um, we get a montage of our couples after this. So Harry and Charlotte are in bed trying to figure out how to activate this goddamn phone. They so old. They so, first of all, get the teenagers to do it. That's why you have them. Miranda and this British lady. What is her name? 
I had it last time. I want to call her Jules, but I don't think that's her name. Is she not on IMDb? Which is ridiculous. So, Miranda and the British lady have a very stimulating conversation at the bar. This is also, by the way, really mirrors how the whole season started. Because if you remember, there was a montage of either sex scenes or who's solo at the beginning. So, same thing. We have a song. I don't remember. It was a black-ass song for some reason, right? I don't remember what it was, but it was very, very Negro, and I appreciated it. I'm feeling what's happening with Miranda and this other lady. The other lady's not her boss, but it's like an associate, and she's farther along. Like we said, we've never really seen Miranda be like, have the less lesser of high ground in a relationship, so I'm looking forward to it. Anthony, we already talked about, is bottoming, so he going through it. Um, but he's he's alive. He's living. Che and brings Toby as if we were looking forward to any of this. But I will say they both look good, though. And, like, that whole skyline behind it, like, if, if you did not know what Angel's like that was, you just stepped in, you're like, Oh, look at these main characters. But also, Che cannot afford this apartment on a veterinary receptionist salary. Please, like, like, please. It's television. It's fiction. We have to keep brainwashing people that they can have a livable situation in New York City. We have to continue it. Carrie has ruined everyone's lives including my own <laughs> with her little fantasy rent control department we got to continue the trauma so <laughs> um and next Tucson he walks nigh up to the door now they know they're doing too much after their first full night together he worked a full shift talking about let me take you home she they're at the door and he's like oh but can I get something to eat and she like we just ate. This man apparently doesn't leave himself a plate while he's already in the kitchen. He's like, oh, but I didn't eat. So she lets him in. And Rami, we know how you would have handled this situation. Legs up. Time to eat. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also screaming because like this man lives in Harlem and she lives in Brooklyn. Right? And he's talking about my favorite way. Harlem is through Brooklyn. <laughs> but that don't is, don't be me. But that you know, I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. That's a whole distance. That's a whole distance. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't be cooking, so I guess that's the only thing that's gonna be. <laughs> I I think that was my thing. Is like he's putting a lot of faith in this woman that he doesn't know outside of their brief conversation when they met at the restaurant, like. I'm like, because if that would have been me, I would have been like, oh, baby, we got to figure out a restaurant to go to because I ain't got no groceries in here. Like, <laughs> like what we... so I definitely thought it was going to be something sexual because I'm like, that's the only thing that would make sense to me to instead of assuming she would have food to feed you. Oh, am I dumb? Am I taking this way too literally? I've been taking a lot of shit literally, I'm noticing in this episode. He so ain't going like... to eat no uh, breakfast food and no dinner. He a chef. He was nibbling all night. He came to eat some puss. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay. 
I mean, I think the straights just need to be direct like the gays, all right? Do you want booty, pussy? Like, let me know, because I can't read between the lines. Um, and yeah, Seema and Ravi, they're having sex. They have a smoke after, because they be smoking. And they try to make a joke. Seema is talking to this man in bed. He picks up his phone. And we actually see he's scrolling through text. And it's just like picture after picture. Whose pictures are those? What are we doing? And she takes the phone from him. He takes it back about to, and then she has to take it again. So, so this is a problem. This is a real problem. Or it's not a problem. Can we decide? He needs to go the same way that that little, uh, uh, join the scammer she dumped at the beginning of the season with. Get, get him out of here. Truly. We're done. Truly. So yeah, at the end, I liked I liked how they set them off. This was real cute. Seema's like, I'm still trying to go to the beach. And Carrie said, I'm not trying to do the Hamptons. She said, bitch, what? Who said Hamptons, bitch? We going to Mykonos. And there they go. They're just sitting on the beach talking about their men's who are away at war. And, you know, they're just going to keep living their best lives. But again, for me, this was a moment of like, you can just up and fly to Mykonos with your bestie, but you were acting like if your man moved to Cairo for five, five months, you don't know he leaving you forever. Girl, get a grip. Let's, okay, let's be fair. I'm about to look up how how long that flight is. Cause I know that's probably New York flight to Cairo. It should be about nine hours, maybe ten. The flight from New York to Portugal is about eight hours, and that's well, that's be, Portugal. Y'all be traveling too much to just like do this off the top of your head. I'm googling. They're talking about connecting flights, ten hours, thirteen hours, and y'all like a direct flight. <laughs> well, granted, most more than likely they would have to do a, a layover in London or somewhere before going to. Egypt but yeah. yeah I'm assuming and like it's just as far of I'm assuming from Cairo to New York as Greece is to New York so again it was just like you're feeling there's like oh he's going to Cairo he's leaving me this is over or like this is going to be a big thing and then she's mm-hmm. like hey girl let's go to the beach no <laughs> Hamptons let's go to Greece <laughs> she, she might just not like wanting to go to to Egypt. I don't know. She don't um, want to go to Egypt to be ignored, and I wouldn't either. So get get sure. him out of here. Toodles. That's it for the episode. Um, are there any other thoughts that you guys have? Um, and will you be watching in season three? Or Rami, are you going to make an appearance when I cover next season, go be on the phone and just be like, oh, are you still in the ghetto talking about them? So I will most likely be back, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I'll be bullied into watching. Because I like I can't I've I've been watching this for twenty years at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, actually not twenty, but whenever I started watching Sex and City, I think it was my freshman year of college. So two thousand eight. So I'm ten years behind, so fifteen years. Um I mean, once I commit to a show, I commit. So I'm coming back more than, yeah, I'm going to come back. I think I, 
I too am just like, okay, so where do we go from here? Because it felt like season two wrapped so well. So it was just like, okay. I mean, I guess the continued conversation of like what Carrie and Aiden's relationship will be, will Seema still be with Robbie? Like all these things, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm coming back. I want Miranda to be gayer. I'm looking forward to that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, live your best gay life. Um, I honestly want Carrie to dump Aiden. I'm tired. Is that yeah? I'm just like they don't work as much as they love each other. They have cared for each other. They have this chemistry. They don't work. They just don't because Aiden is clearly a stable man who loves his family, and Carrie. Lo- Honestly, I'm worried for shoe because I'm just like the <laughs> amount of times that Carrie had doors open and this just sitting around. I'm like, girl, yo, shoe, shoe is gonna be very pampered, but it's also very wild that shoe exists and she's really like, and then she immediately picked up Tamika nose and it's like, who's watching shoe? <laughs> like I get it cats are less of a like responsibility as dogs but still how long are you gonna be in Greece who's taking care of this cat like you have this big ass house like what is going on yeah yeah the only person it's... I would trust to take care of she would be Anthony Charlotte normally but Charlotte has um Richard Burton Miranda's a hot mess at the BBC moving from place to place and her and I are very busy so Anthony is like her only resource to help her take care of her cat yeah. Oh no. It's so wild. It's so wild. <sighs> All right. I think that's it. Unless I don't want to put you on the spot, Quita. And yes, I do. Because <laughs> I think all season we've been talking about the Che of it all. And we haven't actually had like a non-binary person to talk about their thoughts of like the writing of Che. There's kind of been some drama <laughs> with Sarah Ramirez, um, I think understandably being defensive of the character, yet not wanting to be confused with the character. They're a separate person, um, which is so true. Sarah Ramirez is so fucking talented. (laughs) Like, Che could never (laughs) be Sarah Ramirez. So let's let's not get it twisted. But yeah. I appreciate their being a representation of a non-binary person who's like not a Gen Zer, because I feel like often the portrayals of trans and non-binary and gender non-conforming folks are often younger, as if though older non-binary folks don't exist. So I like that portrayal. I mean, I I know sometimes folks don't like when queer and trans characters are like assholes because they're like, this is bad representation, but I'm like. Yeah, non-binary people can also be egotistical assholes. Like that is, we don't need to have this like sanitized storyline for Che. I did appreciate um, when they were in LA doing the pilot, right? And like that conflict of being an actual non-binary person versus portraying a non-binary person on television and how Hollywood and media wants to portray them in a certain way and they were chipping away at who Che is as an actual person I appreciated that um I appreciated when they had like the focus group and that person as a non-binary person goes in on Che the TV character right and like Che the person is kind of feeling attacked but also agreeing with them in ways I I love that nuance um yeah I love I love how also there, I mean, 
because I think with Che also there's rock, right? So you do have this like two different generational portrayals and it's clear that well, we don't know much about Che's coming out as a non-binary person, but we can assume given their age, it was not easy and smooth. At that moment of the vet, the doctor misgendering Che, right? is like probably something that Che has experienced a lot in their life of coming out. So, I mean, I appreciate who Che represents in media. I can't stand the character at all. Like, and I think those two things can be true at the same time. <laughs> Very fair. I... I love Che being an addition to the show. I loved that Che brought out Miranda um, to come out. Um, I also thought, I think we both, me and Rami, thought Che was most likable in California. Yes, trying to maneuver and try to figure out how to advocate for themselves um, there and they got a little bit meta with it because that focus group was inspired by a focus group that really happened for the first season of and just like that that's according to Michael Patrick King so which I kind of figured when watching um, that scene so so yeah uh, we'll see maybe we'll like Che a little more when they're not um, doing mind games with Miranda and yeah and that can be like the end of that but um yeah I think that's all I got is there anything um Quita what what you're working on or do you where do you want people to follow you you can follow me on Instagram at hello underscore Quita I have an X profile I don't use it <laughs> but it's there. It exists. You can find Stop Cop City tweets from five months ago. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me there. And yeah, I'm a consultant in my daytime work, um, working with a lot of nonprofits. So if you go to my Instagram, my daytime work is also tagged in the link. So yeah. Nice. And what you got going on, Robbie? I'm still over a variety, varieting, <laughs> doing TV criticism. Uh, my next reviews coming out will be The Changeling, which is Lakeith Stanfield's Apple TV Plus, Power of a Force Season 2. And I'm actually reviewing Yellowstone because I've never seen it, and it's coming to broadcast because of this strike. They're moving it, like playing it from the beginning on TBS, which is actually hilarious. Um, you can find me at A Word with Arami Day. I don't really be on X talking about nothing, child, but I need to go ahead and delete it. All I do is really retweet my retweet people's foolishness and retweet my own work. But you can find me on Miss Graham. And on the TikTok, though, as Nicole knows, I don't know how to use it. I know how to make a reel or whatever, a little video. I don't know how to respond to people. I don't, I'm so sorry. I'm not there yet. I'm old. Um, but we're doing our best. We are, we are. Um, for me, I started contributing uh, to Collider as a reality TV writer. Right now, I'm writing about the ultimatum, so you uh, can look out for that and read that if you're interested. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're going to have one more video about this show uh, with Princess Weeks talking about the whole season as a whole, so keep an eye out on that. And I am still doing exit interviews for Big Brother 25. 
so much is happening. So much is happening. Uh, and we have another eviction tonight. So whoever gets evicted, it's Cameron or Hysom. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure I didn't do a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> um, so whoever is going to get evicted, I talk to them on Monday. So please check that out. Uh, have a good one, guys. Move along.